You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Cooper. I help connect business with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across Australia to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Cooper, and I connect businesses with talented engineers in the software engineering market. Today, I'm joined by Sheik, Uncle, and Mark to discuss the leap between engineer to engineering manager. How and why did they make the transition? Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Sheik, I'll let you go first. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Sheikh Shagar. Uh, I'm the engineering manager for mobile engineering chapter in Saunder. So Saunder is an employee care technology company that provides organizations with a single point of entry solution to safety, medical, and mental health support. Uh, short description about myself, uh, I came from a software engineering background. I started my journey uh, as a software engineer about a decade ago. I explored various platforms over the time. Uh, I spent mostly on Android, uh, uh, Android platform. And I've been with Saunder for uh, uh, for more than four years, and uh, past two years uh, I've been exploring the uh, management journey here. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Awesome. Thanks for that, Sheikh. And what about yourself, Ankur? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Ankur Jain, and I have been in the industry for almost 19 plus years. In a couple of months, I'll be completing 20, so which is uh, quite a lot. <laughs> Looks like I have been on the quite a few, uh, I played quite a few roles uh, as an engineer uh, in quality and then moving on to the engineering manager to DevOps and so on and so forth. Most recently, I find myself uh, at WPay um, consulting for them uh, within the similar spaces. I am very passionate about uh, technology and the engineering practices more across um, the delivery. That's what my passion is, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Cool. What do you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Lucky last. Uh, thanks, Cooper, for having me on the podcast, and, and hi, everyone else. I'm Mark. I've, uh, I've uh, Myself, mostly been a, a sort of a manager for a few years now. Uh, my background is uh, is more of a backender type, so your usual systems, Java, uh, streaming uh, type of person. For the past couple of years, I've been with MongoDB, and this is where I work with a team of superstar engineers whom I adore so much. Um, and we're working on a product uh, that helps people migrate from SQL databases to MongoDB. Before that, I worked for um, Atlassian at a pretty similar role. And uh, that would be it. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for that, everyone. Now that we've established a bit of context around each of you, let's move on to the topic and focus. You've all got a question or a statement that you've prepared on the leap between engineer to engineering manager. As usual, we'll work our way around the room, asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Everyone will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. Sheik, I'll let you kick us off. Uh, thanks a lot, Cooper. Uh, yeah, so my topic was uh, how were the first three months of the transition uh, when you uh, became the engineering manager, and uh, how did you decide that you are on the right course and uh, right course and uh, that you want to uh, pursue? Okay, so <clears throat> in my case, uh, my transition happened within the same business when I joined Sonder. Uh, I was an Android engineer. Uh, uh, 
And uh, within a few months, I started leading the uh, mobile team, mentoring engineers and conducting interviews and all. Then one day my CTO offered me the role of engineering manager and, and I was absolutely thrilled. I mean, I was already doing the similar work. So I thought, how hard could it be? Uh, however, uh, many experience came to me as a surprise initially. Uh, one of the first thing that hit me was how I was getting bombarded with meeting invites. I hardly had any time to code anymore. And as a technical person, hands-on work has always been my passion. Uh, then I started uh, coding after hours and I was getting, uh, I was not getting much time during the day. So after hour was the time like, where, where I was doing all the coding work. And I quickly realized that it wasn't sustainable long-term. Uh, it was tough to let go of the dedicated coding work, which I've been doing major part of my engineering life. Uh, another one was uh, on the people management front. Uh, and the one came to me as a surprise is the team meetings, especially the one-one meetings uh, with the team members. Look, I've been uh, I've been in many one-ones uh, uh, one-ones before, and I knew I'll also have to conduct this kind of one-one meeting uh, 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 with, with the team member. But sitting on the other side of the table with my team members, some of whom happens to be my friends, I won't deny it was it was a bit awkward at first, and performance-related discussion was also a tricky one. There were many more surprises. It took me some time to get used to with the transition when I started shifting my focus to the bigger picture, I began to see the values. The meetings, which seemed overwhelming at first, were actually helping me to make more strategic decisions and address broader technical problems uh, that had a greater impact on the company's direction. I also found that uh, I was in a position to help and support my team even more. I became their caretaker. Anything they, they need, uh, I was their go-to person. I realized I can give my best to create an ideal and safe environment where they can perform at their best and keep on growing. As a result, one-ones, those team meetings didn't seem too bad after all. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't figure, figure everything out in, in the first three months, but uh, I knew I was, uh, I was uh, on an interesting journey and wanted to spend uh, more time in this direction. It's definitely been a career change and I've had to adjust to a lot of things and focus on developing right skill set, uh, which is critical to my new role. And it's been two years uh, still experiencing new things, still learning new things, but in the end, I'll say it's been worth it. Mm. Now, I, I definitely agree, uh, Sheikh. It is an intriguing um, change for an individual moving from uh, engineer to suddenly moving to a management position where uh, you not only become uh, people's leader, but you also need to lead yourself more from the perspective of deliveries. And um, while you are learning and settling in the role, uh, there are all eyes on deck and looking uh, very, uh, very much onto you to deliver value. I mean, I have often heard this question, like, what do managers do? And until you actually fall in their shoes, you will not be able to realize that what actually do they do. And you rightly touched base on that particular point saying too many meetings. Oh, yes, absolutely. That is something that is a that is a takeaway of the first three months that suddenly from a delivery focused, a code focused, a user story delivery focused, all that changes to planning, to implementation and looking at the wider and a bigger picture and moving ahead within the team, not only managing your own expectations, but also managing the entire team's expectations and trying to sort out and 
uh, remove any impediments that they must be facing and plan for their uh, next goals as well. So that's that's a quite a handful of responsibility that an individual gets as a manager. Uh, and the initial transition, I mean, as an individual, when I moved into these positions, I definitely got bombarded with everything coming onto the head and it was quite overwhelming. And I know it gets at times, um, quite uh, difficult to prioritize a certain areas. But then again, that is the challenge that you take on as an engineering manager. And that is the good part is that is the confidence in the senior LT that has shown in you that as an individual, you can and you have the capability to become an engineering manager and take on all those responsibilities. So while the role is very important, the transition is difficult, but that's that's what it makes uh, an, uh, a position this worthy. Yeah, that's that's what my take on this. Yeah, it was, it was good. Mark, anything you got to say? Sure. I'll, I'll chime in a little bit and talk about the timeline. So uh, I personally, I'll talk from a perspective of, say, a manager of managers, someone who's promoting someone into this position. I would uh, probably think that just to throw someone into it, um, immediately like overnight is is pretty poor form so what i've seen mostly is is people starting with some of the responsibilities of the manager so you know running some team ceremonies or doing some organization of a smaller scale team uh project management things like that and usually the things that you tack on last would be performance management talking to people about money career progression things like that things that you would consider a bit more sensitive so the three months uh, is probably somewhat arbitrary. I've seen people take years to get into the role, and I've seen people actually do really well within a shorter period of, of time. Um, and I thought it was funny, uh, Sheikh, that you said uh, three months, because uh, at Atlassian, there's a uh, program specifically designed to transition people from ICs to managers. And that program lasts for exactly three months, uh, during which you can actually say, yep, no, thank you. Uh, I'm going back. I don't need uh, to, uh, I don't need any of this crap. Um, and you go back, no questions asked. And during that three months period, you actually don't uh, don't have access to things like people's salaries or performance reports or anything like that. So you actually kind of do a manager's job without touching any of the sensitive areas so that if you do decide to go back, uh, it's, it's pretty much uh, no stakes involved. Uh, but yeah, my two cents is um, if, you're, if you're on that track, you're, you're going to feel it way before someone tells you to just do it. So you're probably going to take on some squad leading or team leading responsibilities uh, much earlier on. Yeah, no, 100% I agree there, Mark. Uh, it is a transition and it is a phased process. Like you are slowly uh, moving into that particular role uh, and you're preparing yourself uh, into those duties. That's what makes this transition a little bit easier as well for an individual uh, moving into this position. Now that and that is that is really important as well. Um, I guess um, in 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 these things we can't be binary. Even though we talk binary, when we talk computers, when we talk technology, we talk binary. But you can't be a CTO on one day and an engineer on another day. You can't. You have to have that mindset. You have to gain that attitude, that thought process, that planning, that entire behavioral shift that needs to happen to be able to uh, transition into an individual uh, to be able to carry forward in a position of such nature. So yes, I agree. It is a process and yeah, an individual takes a, its own 
bit of uh, time to move into that role. Well, I guess if there is any comments from you, Sheikh or Mark, if uh, none, then I can move on to another question, which kind of relates to this itself. Um, so my my point was when we were discussing this topic, when uh, was brought to me, and I had a thought like, yes, there is a transition into engineering manager from an engineer, but it is more of a journey, not only for an individual who is transitioning. It is also a journey for the company because suddenly uh, you are seeing a new person into the role and you have moved that particular person into the role with a certain level of expectations. And the team is getting a new lead or a new manager in the position. So therefore, an expectation management from the team perspective also comes in. Uh, therefore, my question was, while we are doing this transition, what needs to be done or what are the pros and cons and uh, how are we able to set up the expectations all across the uh, environment? So maybe the, company uh, the companies, maybe uh, individual who is moving and how can we do it for the team who is getting a new manager? And there is no right and wrong answer. I can have my, uh, I have my own uh, view to it. And my view would be as an engineering manager who is transitioning, what I would be expecting is a clear leadership and a clear guidance as to where I want to sail my ship, both from the company's perspective or organizational perspective as to this is my North Star and this is where, what success looks like for the team. Because what I think a clearer direction given to the leader of the team makes the life of the leader of the team easier to be able to deliver the value that the company or the organization has been expecting. So I guess that is something very uh, instrumental that uh, to the success of this particular role and makes the life easier in the transition uh, from, from the organization or the senior LT point of view that I expect. And when we are expecting the similar stuff, it is the engineering manager or the person coming into this particular role, uh, their responsibility as well to pass on a similar kind of uh, knowledge down to the uh, other members within the team as well, so that we have and we share always a common goal with a clear uh, road and roadmap ahead. And that is what I think is very, very important uh, expectation uh, that needs to be set and the assistance that needs to be uh, received from all across the board. Apart from that, there could be a lot of stuff which I'm sure um, you guys would have um, your thoughts on. What do you think? So I'll take it since we have some uh, in the kind of natural ordering. It looks like Shaq, you're first, Anchor, you're second, and I'm last, so I'll go now. Uh, and Shaq, <laughs> you can take it from here. Um, so I'll give a bit of a long-winded answer. Um, first of all, in terms of uh, pros and cons, uh, I think it's a bit hard to answer in, in those terms because, you know, what, what are the pros and cons of being an astronaut or a, or a firefighter? Uh, what maybe I can talk about is uh, kind of the heuristics that would tell you whether you're a good, whether you'd be a good fit or not, uh, which I think is an interesting question to ask and maybe what you're alluding to. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you know, I think a, a certain degree of uh, extrovertedness probably, and I'm not saying you have to be an extrovert to be a manager, but you have to, like uh, Sheikh mentioned, you have to like talking to people. And if you feel like you're destroyed by the end of the day because you've had so many meetings, then uh, it's probably safe to say that's not for you. 
uh, again, because your job now consists of mostly talking to people and they're your biggest stakeholder. Um, uh, what else? In terms of uh, uh, sort of uh, thought leadership, you, you, you need to know that the, the effect of the things that you say uh, is now maybe a little bit more pronounced. Uh, you could be biasing people uh, a little bit. So uh, sometimes you have to think about where you can relinquish control over and what you should retain control over. Um, uh, what else? Um, in terms of a sense of a sort of collective accomplishment, you, you need to be able to derive self worth and self-value out of that. So if you're someone who enjoys saying, you know, I delivered this feature and it got such, you know, it got great usage and uh, it was uh, rave reviews uh, that were received, and that's great. But if you derive more value out of saying, as a team, we deliver this feature, and I personally maybe did uh, very little in terms of direct contributions, but I supported everyone through it, and you actually are able to derive more uh, satisfaction out of that. That's a pretty good heuristic um, that you uh, you know that you'd be suitable. Um, in terms of the expectations, I think different companies have different expectations of engineering managers and tech leads. I know they use synonymously, so I'll just use them synonymously here as well. Um, but uh, I, I can I can give you my expectations of say uh, of of my manager when I transitioned, uh, which is uh, exactly what you said, anchor, which is just. And a clear expectation of what's uh, required and what the success criteria is, because it's very easy to uh, to get imposter syndrome just as you transition to feel like you're failing everything, if you're failing everybody. Uh, and in fact, this is uh, this this was me at the beginning stages of of my managerial career as well. I, I came into my manager's uh, room. I said, uh, I feel like I'm deconstructing as a person. I'm I'm failing this guy. He was expecting a promotion, didn't get it. I'm failing this guy. Uh, he was uh, expecting some career guidance from me, which I wasn't able to give. I'm failing these other stakeholders because we didn't deliver the project in time. Like, you know, everything's uh, falling apart. Uh, and what he told me was, uh, as long as there's no mass exodus out of the team, you're doing okay, or you're doing at least a little bit more than okay. Um, and uh, he helped me sort of build a plan and, and, and to show me concretely what, what the success criteria is. So I think it's when you transition, uh, uh, it's very important to get a... Uh, it's a clear list of what you're expected to do and what you're not expected to do as well, which is even more important, I think. Um, so that, that's my long-winded answer of, of how not to uh, burn yourself out or how not to uh, sort of get spooked and, and backtrack very quickly on this decision. <laughs> Check. Uh, thanks, Mark. I think yeah, some of you also uh, also aligns with you, uh, you on that one. Uh, the pros and cons of this transition, this uh, this uh, engineering manager role, uh, somewhat depends on the points of interest and views uh, of different person. From my experience, uh, one of the more, I think, you know, from my experience, one of the one of the good side of this role was, uh, uh, I'll say that one of the most rewarding feeling uh, uh, that I had was to see people that I was mentoring making improvements and succeeding. I still remember the day when my first direct report got promoted. Uh, yeah, I've spent like a, like a year long uh, time uh, mentoring him. And when I finally see like he made a very, very good progress and got promoted, that was some rewarding feeling. And that made me realize maybe I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path uh, uh, where I'm heading. Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the absolute uh, uh, pros is uh, becoming an engineering manager can be a great starting point if you if your long-term vision is to become a VP director of engineering or CTO someday. 
this can be this can be a good learning and uh, uh, learning point. Like it can come up come up with some uh, many learning and uh, uh, and another thing I actually enjoyed about being a manager was uh, I got to work more closely with the business side of things, focusing on decision making at a higher level and thinking more strategically about the company's direction. And that also felt a bit uh, rewarding. However, the more I engaged with the business uh, unit and uh, get involved in strategic decisions, the less time I was getting on the hands-on technical stuff. Now, if someone is only passionate about hands-on technical work and designing complex solutions, this increased responsibility might not be as enjoyable. Uh, when transitioning to a management role, it's important to remember that your success is no longer solely dependent on your own individual achievements. As a manager, you're responsible for building and leading a team that you can trust to handle complex technical challenges. This can be difficult if you are used to being the one with all the answers and solving problems independently. As a manager, you have to now let go of some of that control and trust in your team's abilities instead. Otherwise, this transition might be very challenging for you. Truth be told, I faced this challenge myself in the beginning, uh, and it took some time uh, to set my focus in the right direction and rely on my team. And thanks a lot to some of my mentors who helped me through this transition. Uh, <clears throat> so another thing I've experienced is if uh, my transition actually happened within the same business. So when, so, when your transition happens within, within the same business, high chances are some of your direct reports are your friend. And now you need to look at their work objectively. There's a power dynamic that comes with this role, evaluating their performance, making decisions about their salaries, giving constructive feedback. And another part is you also become the messenger of some bad news as well, such as denying promotion, placing some, someone in performance improvement plan, or even letting someone go. So these are some unavoidable, uncomfortable situation that, uh, that it becomes, uh, it can, uh, then it, it becomes your job to ensure that you, you maintain a fine balance between the personal and professional relationship to avoid any tension. Uh, no aspects of life is absolute good or absolute bad. However, it's important to carefully consider whether this path aligns with your strength and interest before making this transition. But my view is once you make this transition, at least spend, spend a year to before before you uh, come to any conclusion, it's uh, it is a mixed it's a mixed experience. Some are good, some are bad, some are uh, very much rewarding. But once you spend a bit more time, then then you you are able to figure out that whether or not you are going into the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there, Sheikh. And I know I have met a lot of people who have a. Um, an immense amount of capability to move into the positions and stuff, but something that the aspiration is also a thing that people aspire to stay closer to the tech. They get exciting, uh, excitement in delivering code itself, and that's where the expectation or pros and cons comes within the engineering manager. While it is a journey, it is also something that you have to give. Uh, and you have to leave behind because you are moving into a different position altogether, which requires a different set of expertise. And the the value that you're going to be bringing on the table 
would be completely different uh, horizon as opposed to what you have been delivering so far. So that's that's a very important part of aspect of the uh, professional life that one uh, someone has to make a decision as to do do they want to continue to do the delivery on the tech side or do they, there is an opportunity to explore the people side of the business, which becomes tricky at times, like you mentioned. Being bearer of the bad news is never an easy task. And that is where, as an engineering manager, the life or the decisioning, decision-making or uh, the position is challenged each and every time. Whether you are passing on that, uh, that feedback to an individual uh, as a constructive criticism or you are fighting with your senior uh, leadership to get some money out of the pocket to be able to fund a new resource within the team. So those are the challenges which an individual would uh, and should be ready for. And there is there is never a time, I think, when I anyone can say I'm the best people's leader. So it is a ongoing curve of learning. I can say I've learned a lot of Java. I can say I've learned a lot of C sharp, but have I learned enough people management skills? I would doubt that there is always a scope of improvement and a significant improvement in that particular area is uh, my two cents on the pros and cons and definitely unless and until someone is excited by staying uh, away um, from the day-to-day delivery cycle but close enough uh, to deliver value to the business and plan while uh, talking to the individuals and planning for the team on a regular basis, uh, I would say say there is a bit of time uh, before you can make a decision moving to that particular managerial managerial role. So, yeah, that's that's uh, a very very clear uh, understanding uh, from yourself, Sheikh and Mark. So, Anchor, I'd actually well, both of you said uh, some things that I really uh, resonate with, but I'll start with you, Anchor. You, you mentioned. Uh, self-proclaimed uh, great leaders. Um, I can tell you that whenever I come across a uh, LinkedIn post about someone who's uh, who's uh, praising themselves about their leadership capability, it makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth because I feel like as a leader, um, you completely lose the ability to judge your own success. I think that that judgment comes from your team or from your superiors. Uh, anyone who is a self-proclaimed uh, great leader, I think, is probably most likely the opposite. Um, as an individual contributor, it's probably okay. There, there are concrete metrics you can judge uh, based on, right? How many tickets do I deliver? How many features have I shipped? How many technical discussions do I participate in? How many PRs do I review? Things like that. Uh, what do you even go by uh, as, as a manager? Nothing, right? So I, I do not accept any criteria of success other than a direct survey of the people that you manage personally. Um, second of all, Shek, you mentioned the... Um, uh, the satisfaction of promoting someone, uh, which really resonated with me. Um, I know that for me, one of the biggest heuristics was when I first got to promote someone and throw a little bit of money their way. That was a level of satisfaction that I c- could never get from any sort of personal you know, achievement or feature delivery or coding exercise or solving some technical problem or the moment when you help an underperformer get to a satisfactory level uh, on the team. Um, that, that was really, you know, satisfying on a level that that is uh, uh, unlike anything else. So for me, that was a pretty uh, big heuristic. And everyone can do that thought exercise in their head, right? What if I put myself in my manager's position and I got to help this person and I see they're struggling, but if I got to help them and now they're doing really well, would that be as satisfying to me as, say, you know, delivering a big feature? 
Um, so um, that's my two cents, but you yeah. both said things that I really resonate with. Yeah, I, I agree, Mark. And that's where I guess uh, we're going to be slowly transitioning to the next question, which Mark, uh, I'm sure you would have there. But on on the on the self-proclaimed leader, I one statement that I would like to make, there is a difference between being a dictator and being a leader. So uh, and that difference is a stark difference. And you would be able to identify that from the behavior itself of an individual is the person being a leader. Everyone would love to work for a leader, but uh, I, I I, would not, I have not met any person who would love, love to work for a dictator either. I mean, yes, I am a strong advocate of the voice of team, the voice uh, of individuals who are working for you and working around you to be able to give a feedback as to what sort of individual you are inside and out both both from professionally from the leadership perspective and that is that is how an individual as a leader is defined no matter you need to make some certain hard decisions or are difficult decisions but how well you convey them keeping the um, keeping the top dominoes away from falling that is that is the quality of a leader that um, an individual would be expecting but i'll i'll yeah move on to the uh, next question which you would have mark over to you all right so uh, that, that's my question out of the three and this one's always a bit confronting or controversial so i'm really really keen to hear the answers but um rather than just ask it directly i'll present you with a scenario so you're and, and it's a scenario that uh, that all of us have been through so you're a senior engineer or whatever the terminal IC role is at your company. You've reached the peak mature, engineering maturity. Um, everybody recognizes your contributions. You now feel like you're ready for the next step. All right, so usually for most companies, it'll be either a step in the uh, forward in the IC ladder, which would be staff engineer, principal engineer, something like that. Or you can go into management. So tech lead, engineering manager, so on and so forth. Now, uh, for some reason, and, and I can't really blame people, there's a little bit of perception that uh, becoming a manager is a smaller mountain to climb uh, and therefore maybe an easier promotion or an easier way uh, to get more money or an easier way to get more compensation or an easier way to be uh, more in demand, uh, which is, uh, by the way, absolutely not true um, <laughs> from, from a recruitment perspective. Um, so... Uh, my question is, how do you, maybe again as a manager of managers or as a manager who's coaching someone like that, how do you determine that, that the intention is pure and that the intention is to serve and not to uh, get promoted more quickly? Because what sometimes ends up happening in these situations, especially if there's no safety net to go back to, uh, is that people get squeezed out of the company. And I'm sure we all have seen examples of that happening. So people get promoted to management. They don't like it. Um, they, they feel like they have to quit or they they want to go back, but they can't go back to the same team because once you've been exposed to people's salaries and and, and performance levels, then that gives you a bit of leverage um, that is unhealthy or toxic, I think, to go back to the same team. Um, and so how do you prevent people from making that move uh, to begin with? Um, or how do you make sure their intentions are pure? Right. So... Uh, I'll try not to bias people, but I'll, I'll give my two cents. And of course, there's no uh, there's no right or wrong answer. But um, first of all, I, I do think it's important, as I mentioned, for example, at Atlassian to have that safety net and to be able to go back um, if you don't like it. And, and it, it looks different for different companies, but it is important uh, if you don't want to lose people is to make sure that they know that there is a way 
to become an IC again if they really don't like it, if they're not good at it, uh, if, you know, if both are true, um, uh, even more so. Um, another aspect, uh, and that's and that's maybe a little bit more spicy, uh, is to look at compensation uh, strategy, right? So. In a lot of companies, and I'd like to hear your uh, um, input anchor and check, but in a lot of companies, uh, managers actually get paid more than senior engineers. It is seen as a step up in comp. Uh, the, the responsibility does grow along some dimension, but it also does decrease along another dimension. And I'm, and a lot of managers are going to hate me, but I, I am of the opinion that uh, at least entry level or line managers should be paid the same as senior engineers so as to remove uh, that financial incentive completely. And that was the case actually at Atlassian, somewhat the case at MongoDB. Um, not vouching for uh, the reduction of my own salary, by the way, but, uh, um, uh, but you know, if, if I had my weight, that would probably be it. Um, and another thing that I uh, probably uh, would vouch for is, is sort of to uh, not stigmatize the eternal senior engineer archetype. Right. And, and we all have those. And, and those are people in, in sort of later stages of their career um, who say either voluntarily or involuntarily uh, don't want to take that next step. And they're OK with the amount of responsibility that they have as a senior engineer. Um, I, I think in, in, in the engineering culture, there's a little bit of stigma around that. So it's either you become a principal or you go become a manager. So to, to be a senior engineer at the late stage in your career sounds a bit like you're stuck. Um, and I think it shouldn't be that way. And I and I think we should maybe change the the, the culture of promotions uh, around that a little bit. Um, the, we're all motivated at the end of the day by by some ratio of comp to energy that we put into work. Um, I actually truly believe that as a senior engineer, you hit that golden ratio of okay, you probably get paid a lot, um, but the work that you put in, depending on how comfortable you are in your role, is probably uh, somewhere in the middle. Um, and so when you become a manager, you suddenly get slapped with a whole bunch of meetings and, and you work outside of working hours a lot of the time. As a principal engineer, you're slapped with a lot of cross-team responsibilities. Um, and, and a senior engineer uh, is a pretty sweet place to be and we should, uh, and we should keep it that way. So I was wondering uh, what you guys think around uh, sort of sussing out and uncovering people's motivations for, uh, for that management path. <clears throat> I think I can start with uh, like how I how I got into this journey or what actually motivated me. Uh, so basically, <clears throat> so from from very early stage of my career, I like to mentor new members or the other members on the on the team voluntarily. And and the reason is I was I was very privileged to get some good mentors myself in my career as well. And they they really inspired me to uh, to do the same for for others because I see I see value in it I see the, the, those rewarding feeling in it. Uh, now when I joined Saunders I joined as an Android engineer and my resp main responsibility was to build the uh, uh, Android app from scratch and potentially lead the team in the future. Uh, one thing I always used to do as I said like I've, I've, uh, I've spent uh, some time on on various, uh, on the other platforms as well, so I was always curious about, about how other platform works, and also to to ensure that uh, the app that I'm building, uh, uh, I'm, I'm building uh, building it in best po uh, possible way. The solution design is is perfect. So I, I used to reach out to all the other team members, uh, all the team members from the other team, 
uh, or other platform, uh, how they have uh, they are designing their solution, how that can, that's going to impact uh, uh, my app. So I ended up working with uh, uh, multiple teams there. Uh, anytime I was, I was uh, working on anything. Uh, so that was one aspect. Another one was uh, whenever I could see any improvement opportunity, I used to uh, I used to not not necessarily uh, uh, on my platform only on Android platform, but if I see any improvement opportunity, I used to prepare a plan, uh, reach out to those uh, um, those pe uh, uh, people, uh, present my plan, and uh, a lot of time uh, they appreciated uh, uh, appreciated those uh, assistance. Another thing is uh, what I really enjoyed was uh, you, you, it might sound like a bit, a bit uh, geeky, uh, but uh, 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 I used to look into business uh, business quarterly roadmap always. I don't know why, but whenever uh, I was part of in, uh, any business, I used to look at their roadmap or their yearly plan or their quarterly plan. And if I if I if I found any any potential risk or or things that's coming up which might be a bad news for the business, I immediately used to reach out to my manager or respective stakeholders to, to alert them. And most of the time I, uh, I did that in Sonder, I, I used to approach them with a, with a solution plan. So, and that actually helped uh, the business to avoid uh, a few, uh, few unexpected situations as, as well. So, in my case, I actually didn't intentionally pursue this transition. I was I was enjoying this uh, this kind of work, and uh, uh, one day my uh, uh, yeah one of my CTO actually uh, approached me with this with this offer, and I was uh, I it. I was I was really excited when I when I got uh, uh, got this offer, but uh, I think uh, uh, just like at last and actually uh, I should have uh, uh, mentioned this before. Like when my CTO offered me this role, like it wasn't it wasn't a direct promotion. Like, they offered me this role, and the reason I actually mentioned about three months because that's that's the timeline he also uh, put me on. So it, he gave me the timeline to figure out that if this is something that I'm gonna uh, gonna be enjoying and this is something that I want to uh, pursue for a long time, my career or not. So I'm a human being. Like when uh, uh, when the the uh, this offer came uh, came to me, uh, I I saw the title, and that is uh, that is tempting. To, to get that title. So, uh, but I used to constantly ask myself this question that what are the main reason that's, that's gonna be motivating me for uh, to stay in this position and not necessarily, uh, that is only just to make, make it sound good. The, the, uh, the, the real reason is uh, we're engineers. So we, we think very binary, we think very calculatively. The thing is being an engineer, I know like if I'm not passionate about something, I'm not going to be really good at it uh, in, the, in the long run. So if my motivations are not for the right reason, not for the right cause, like uh, enjoying the people management, enjoying the enjoying being part of the bigger technical uh, 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 technical problems of the business, uh, making a bigger impact on the business. So if these are the things that's not motivating me and the money factor is the one that's motivating me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail at some point. And I don't want to fail, so that's why I, I uh, always keep on asking my question, uh, keep asking myself that what's actually that is that it is motivating. It's been two years, and I still keep on asking myself because it's a mixed mixture of experience that I'm getting every day, uh, and I keep on asking myself that what what is it that is keep uh, keeping me motivated. 
I like that answer, Sheikh. And, and, and what's beautiful is that, you know, what they say that the, the best leaders are the reluctant leaders, are the ones that unintentionally ended up in that role. Not the people that put their hand up to say, hey, yes, I want to be a manager, but the, the people that say I'm terribly underqualified, but I'll do my best to not fail everybody and I'll take it from there. So uh, that really um, that really sounds uh, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Nah, yeah. And uh, that's how I guess I, when Sheikh was talking, I was it was going through my mind that that is a perfect uh, pathway, how to become an engineering manager and do's and don'ts and what to do. And uh, uh, one one thing that caught my attention uh, when Sheikh was talking is love what you are doing, uh, enjoy what you are doing and do it with passion we, uh, and deserve before you desire something. And those are the qualities of an individual which um, gets noticed while you're working um, throughout day in and day out uh, in your role to actually um, move from one position to another. So that is that is something which is very, very important, being passionate about what you're delivering and doing without being overconfident in delivering well uh, in, in your own um, own deliveries and saying that, yes, nothing is unachievable. Yes, it is good to be confident, but yes, we need to define a fine line and continuously keeping yourself in check uh, and in making improvements, always releasing a new version of your own self, version 1.0 to 2.0 to 5.0 to 15.0. Yes, that's that's how uh, we we all move from one one role to another. Maybe in personal life, maybe in professional life, maybe in as an engineering manager to uh, a different role altogether. So that is what uh, it is required and the intentions or the transitions are really important here because I don't see any particular position, even from a junior uh, engineer to a senior engineer to a team lead to an engineering manager is given or should be given just on the basis of that an individual uh, has been sitting in a bank for a while and needs a pay rise. Therefore, you need to move up from a bank to a different band altogether or give a promotion because I, I understand the team needs to be motivated, needs to be kept going, needs to stay tuned to the organization. However, uh, gifting positions is definitely not the way to do it. I would, I would strongly uh, uh, suggest that the positions are to be given only to the deserving candidates and when the time is right and the candidate is ready uh, to be to be moving ahead because otherwise if it is just an instrument to keep people motivated i'm sure a person who has spent 30 years or in the industry would be sitting as a ceo of the company rather than a, a person who is actually uh, worth being a ceo because it doesn't work that way right you can't spend more time to gain a position in the organization, you need to be able to deserve. And that is not only coming from the, the organization uh, itself, it also comes from an individual who's been awarded this particular position or been applying because as an individual, I would continuously check myself and say, am I ready for that particular next role? Um, am I, am I, I have, have I learned enough to be moving into that particular position? Will I be able to do the justice to the roles and responsibilities that are there? And that is what makes you a good professional 
may be an engineering manager, may be a delivery lead, may be a team lead, may be anything. As far as you are able to focus on your deliveries and continuously reiterate and uh, assert that yes, what I'm doing is adding value, and I'm able to deliver value, and I'm learning on the on the job as well by adding value to my own self. Once we maintain a balance and a fine. Uh, fine-tune that particular balance. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't think any position that you are in uh, is a wrong position. You would be perfect fitting in there with that kind of an attitude and a motive. Well, yeah, that was that was a really a good insight. I know. Um, I I'm personally oh, uh, quite good to see all that questions and all those discussions. I know we can we can continue to go on, but I think. There is there is a timer on the clock as well, which we need to be working <laughs> on. How are we going with that, Cooper? Yeah, look, everyone, um, it's honestly been pro- – no one can actually see this because it's a podcast, but anyone listening, um, we have all been nodding our heads and just smiling at each other as people have been like mentioning parts like through their path. And it's like the, the level of appreciation that's happened uh, through this podcast, I don't think – Anyone can really understand the gravity um, of how how much everyone actually really agreed um, with this. So uh, again, if everyone ha- feels like they've they've said their piece today, there's no sort of like additional points that they want to tack on to the end of this. Um, yeah, we're good. So. I just want to say thank you to all of you for today um, and jumping on, sharing your thoughts. Um, I think this was a really interesting podcast, especially for a lot of people that are thinking about like, what is that next step for me? What does it look like? And it's, a, I think this is a good benchmark for people to have that self-reflection around where their path could take them and what they might actually enjoy. So uh, once again, thank you for everyone um, jumping on. Thank you to our guests for listening. And I hope uh, you can all join us next time for the next installment of the Evo Exchange. 